Welcome to Liquid Church Audio. The message you're about to enjoy was originally delivered live at Liquid Church by Pastor Tim Lucas. LiquidChurch.com, living water for a thirsty world. Vision, the ability to see clearly with razor-sharp focus, not only seeing where you've been, but more importantly, down the road where you're headed. Those of you with 2020 vision, you are blessed because vision is a powerful thing. Those of you with 2010 vision, even more so because you can see things off into the distance that some of us mere mortals can't even see close up. My little boy, Dell, he's four years old. He just failed his eye exam because he's nearsighted in one eye. So they gave him this cool little player glass. They said, if he wears this, probably around seven or eight, he'll get back up to 20-20 vision. And I said, well, if he doesn't have 20-20, what happens? They said, oh, even better. He can have LASIKs. You know what LASIK surgery is? They said, then it'll be 20-10 vision, actually. In other words, he will be able to see at twice the distance that you or I can see close up. It's the same thing with a church. Clarity of vision is powerful. 20-20 vision is good, but 20-10 vision is even better. With a lack of vision, though, you guys know what happens. You ever see Tom Kang with his glasses off? Yeah. Vision gets blurry. People get disoriented. Passion leaks. And in the worst cases, where there's no vision, well, here's how the Hebrew Scriptures put it. Where there is no vision, the people what? Perish. I want to welcome you to Liquid. I'm Pastor Tim, and you need to know one thing about us as a church if it's your first time. We are a church with a vision. And if you are your first time or you're just checking in with us on the journey, you've actually come at a great moment. Because today is the start of our brand new series called Unstoppable 2010, which really unveils kind of our vision to the end of this decade, 2010 and beyond. I mean, when you ask the church, well, what will our church look like in in, in, uh, 2010? That's hard for me to envision. Here's why. So much has changed in just the last 18 months that since we've launched here in Morristown a couple of springs ago. And although we can't envision perfectly all that God's going to do over the next couple of years, we do believe he's given us very clear direction for where he wants to take us. And so I'm really glad you're joining us on the journey right now. Um, Those of you who've been here for some time, I see some of your faces, um, you know we've had quite a ride. They say you can't tell clearly where you're going if you don't look back to where you've been. So let me just kind of take a moment and go in the rear view for us and sketch this out for you. I got a little cocktail napkin here kind of thing, and I'd like to kind of show you. Uh, Liquid actually started in all places of a little basement, actually, if you can imagine this in a church. And we had a big idea here. We said, what if we served good coffee? Would people come? And so we got Starbucks coffee, and we served that. That was about 10 years ago. Let me draw the little mermaid here. There's St. Arbucks. And we had 12 people in the basement basement of a 150-year-old church. They're primarily people in their 20s and 30s, and it was great. We thought, wow, look at this. We're having great coffee and everything. And it was cool because until we realized that the only people were coming were just other Christian people. And so it became this little Christian coffee club. And we said, well, who isn't here yet? And we said, you know what? It's tough to come to a basement like that for even if it's good coffee. So we went and left the church and went to a tavern, which had round tables. If you can believe this, we took church to a tavern about a mile down the road, and it grew to about 120 people in that tavern. We thought it was the greatest thing because the tavern was, a hundred, was really old and had a fireplace. So we sat around the fireplace talking about Jesus. And it was great because people actually said, you know what, my, my, my non-Christian friends would come. It's not so you know, churchy and everything. And we sat around those tables and we had a great time. And really we maxed out at 120 people and we said, you know, what's the next obstacle for people coming back to Christ? We said, 9 a.m. is a satanic hour. Who can get... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Some of, you got an extra hour. What are you complaining about? 
And so we actually started our first worship service was actually at night. We started actually two weeks after September 11th. And those services that we did at night crested to about 400 people. And then we asked a big question, what if? What if we took David and his guitar? I'm going to draw David's like little guitar. That's kind of a 70s guitar. But David's an amazing singer. Here he is. Look at him just rocking out here. We said, what if we took David and his guitar? He's got some bell bottoms. That's awesome. What if we took him out of the church? And we, and we took church actually to the people. We said, where would we be able to fit, you know, that many people? And we said, well, I don't know. We looked at some buildings, warehouses, high schools. And then somebody said, well, what about a church in a hotel? And we said, would anybody come to a church in a hotel? And what's amazing is this past summer, 1,200 people did. And we maxed out here in Morristown. Okay. (laughs) Notice the people in the lobby are not clapping. (laughs) They're like, yeah, it's a little bit tight in here. And that's some of the problem here. But when we look at this, connect the dots here. 12 people in a basement, 120 people in a tavern, 1,200 in a hotel. And we're like, what's God doing? What's, What's the story he's telling? When we connect those dots, we realize it's been very simple. From the very beginning, we say, who's not here yet and how can we take church to them? That's literally our vision at Liquid is we take church to the people. Some people assume that vision is something, you know, you go to, on the, on the, you know, that's written down on stone tablets on the mountain and it's not. Sometimes it's just something that you take steps and God begins unveiling it. And at Liquid, we've always been driven by a very simple question. Who isn't here yet? Who hasn't heard about Jesus And then wisdom or not, we kind of leap over church walls to take Christ directly to everyday people where they live in a language that makes sense to their hearts and their their lives. So we take church to the people actually for a very simple purpose. It's to lead those people back to God. See, it's not about us. It's never been about us. It's about bringing those who aren't here yet back to Christ so he can radically change their lives. That's a distinctive. I think some churches are all about the keep. Like, how can we keep the people who are right here very, you know, happy, kind of content right here? But we see, we're not about the keep at Liquid. We've always been about the reach. Who aren't we reaching? What neighbors, what coworkers, what friends have yet to hear about Jesus? And where can we take the church to them to reach new people? Again, the vision is, 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 is simplistic. We take church to the people. In fact, this is a little dorky, but can we just say this together? Our vision is simple. We what? Take church to the people. And I think, honestly, that's one of the reasons God's blessed our vision, because it's externally focused. And it's a major reason why he's grown us over 200% in the last 18 months. But a church, as you guys know, is about so much more than numbers, isn't it? It's about changed lives. In fact, the only reason numbers are important is because each one represents a single life. A life that matters deeply to God. Today, between 1,100 and 1,200 men, women, and children will pass through these hotel doors. And, and, and behind each face, there's a story. But because we asked the question, well, who isn't here yet, and took church to the city of Morristown, we've seen God change lives, many of them dramatically, through liquid. And, and last week, we got to hear and see 62 lives that have been forever changed by the power of God in our midst. It's time for healing, time to move on. It's time to I want to be worthy of the love, compassion, and fulfillment that I now know. During my first summer of vacation Bible school, I stayed after class and asked Jesus into my heart. It's very hard to articulate how strongly I felt about being baptized to symbolize this transformation and to demonstrate my gratitude to God for the many gifts He has bestowed upon me. 
and death are in God's plan. And as much as I don't understand his reasons, I will follow him and I will trust him. There could be no greater reward than God's promise of seeing my son again. And I know of no better way than to share this with my Liquid Church family by being baptized today. And we baptize you Father, the Son, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. for those people who got out of the boat last week and they met Jesus in the water of baptism. Honestly, I felt it was, it was an incredible Sunday. I felt like I was on holy ground, or, or, or as Pastor Tom would say, in a holy hot tub. Every person had a unique story of encountering God in this room. Uh, ran the gambit. You heard a little bit. The day started with Marty, uh, which was totally appropriate. Some of you know Marty. You might have seen him on the way in. He's a muscled cop. He's on our security team. Retired after 25 years, but you know he still carries the guns. You know what I'm talking about? You've seen Marty. He and his wife, Don. Donna serves on the hospitality team. They probably greeted you on the way in today. And um, you heard a little bit of his story there, but... Um, Marta, Marty and, uh, and Donna, they lost their only son, Chris, actually, during his first year of college to cancer. Uh, he was diagnosed with, uh, with leukemia. And a few weeks ago, it was after service, and I was just out in the lobby, and, um, and Marty came up to me, and he said, hey, can I talk to you a minute? And, and when Marty comes up in a security thing, I thought I was in trouble. And, um, and he goes, no, I just want to pull you aside. And, and he pulled me in the hallway. He said, hey, it just, this Pastor Tim, it just hit me. He goes, it just hit me just now. He goes, my son, Chris, he goes, that was our only son. He goes, and we, we gave him up and we had no choice, but it just clicked with me that God gave his only son voluntarily his life to show how much he loves me. It just hit me. And I, and I, and I was struck dumb. I didn't know what to say. And, uh, so as Marty stood in the water, he stood right here, and you saw him in the water. And he starts telling us, you heard his testimony, he said, uh, almost one year ago, he said, Donna and I started to attend Liquid Church, and since then we've become involved in the service teams, and we've joined an awesome life group. And it's because of all this that I've grown in my relationship with Christ, and now understand that he loves me. Chris's illness and death were in God's plan, and as much as I don't understand his reasons, I will follow him and I will trust in him. 
I know of no better way than to share this with my liquid church family by being baptized today. That happened here. I think just seeing like a you know, man's man with the guns and the heart like Marty's trusting Jesus as his Lord and saying, I'm doing this in spite of all the evidence to the contrary. I thank God for Pastor Mike. I don't think I would have got him out of the tub if it was, if it was just me. <laughs> there were stories of freedom and deliverance. Jim, Jimmy struggled with addiction for 20 years, now nine years sober because of God's power. Amazing. Mike, who, who uh, literally got rescued before he jumped off a bridge, saving his life twice. And it didn't get easier. I, I kind of actually choked up again with a little girl named Ireland. She was nine years old. You remember her? She followed her mommy into the hot tub. And just the simplicity of her testimony, she said, I made this decision because I wanted to go to heaven. Be with God. Because I love Jesus. And, it, and it, it could, it blocked, I saw her daddy in the second row and it just stopped me cold. Because it makes me... I can't believe I get to be a part of this. What goes on here? What God's doing here? Every week, the privilege of leading and serving you and following Jesus together and watching him change lives and families from the inside out. And I'm crying because I need to tell you something today. That this is just the beginning. This is just the beginning of what God is going to do, not just here in Morristown, but across our state. And in our generation, in this place, as we take church to the people to bring them back to God. And I need to tell you this because it's not an entirely new vision. In fact, we cribbed it from, from the early church in a lot of ways. If you look in the book of Acts, would you actually do that? Just take your Bible and, and turn to Acts chapter 2. Because I want to show you something here. Because we're following a first century blueprint to figure out where God's leading us in the 21st century. The book of Acts is notable because it's the story of what happens when Jesus left. In other words, Christ died for our sins. He was raised to life to give us a new life. And after he was resurrected, not a lot of people know this, Jesus hung out with his apostles for 40 days and he gave them this mission. He said, go and make disciples of all nations doing what? Baptizing them in a hot tub. In the name, that's a little translation, in the name of the Father... Take it to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria. He said, take it to the ends of the earth. I mean, you talk about a vision. The only problem with this is that then Jesus left. And they left it up to 12 guys. And there were only 11 of them at that point. And, and here they were with this outrageous vision that Jesus dropped on them. I mean, you talk about a BHAG. You guys know what a BHAG is? A big, hairy, audacious goal, okay? That was Jesus's. He's like, let's take church to the ends of the earth. And these guys were cowards at first. They hid up in an attic, kind of huddling and praying, but then something happens because Christ leaves, but then he sends his spirit to empower them. And Jesus' spirit begins living in these people. He begins leading them and they begin preaching the good news of Christ. They actually say, no, 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 you don't get it. It's not religion. The forgiveness of sins is possible. It's called grace. God gave his son for you. People can have new life. He'll change them. And watch this. Lives changed. Miracles happened. Lives, it spread like wildfire. Look at Acts 2.44. It says this about the first century church. It says, all the believers were together and they had everything in common and selling their possessions and goods they gave to anyone as he had need. In other words, there was an outbreak of generosity. As soon as the people said, where is the spirit of God leading us? And, and who could we reach? Who could we serve? Because it's not about us. One of the things that I am proudest about this, this past summer was just how generous you guys have been 
in the midst of uh, you know our fi- this financial downturn. You get, if you're new to our church, you know these are some of those generous people you will ever meet. Um, this summer, we don't have a big missions board or plan, but we said, what could we do to help in the third world and sub-Saharan Africa? And it was amazing because in a single summer month, the people of this church gave $100,000 over what they normally give to pour right into the ground and just to give away and drill 20 freshwater wells in Uganda and Ethiopia and the Central African Republic and, and, and partnering. We, we had no plans for this. We said, what would God have us do? We've looked at how Jesus served us and gave his life. How could we serve the poorest of the poor? And so I spoke with Scott Harrison, Charity Water, last week, and it was amazing. He says, we're really going to stretch, he goes, your, your dollars. He goes, none of it goes to overhead. We're going to break ground 23 wells in Ethiopia and Central African Republic this month in the next three weeks. That's amazing. That's amazing. And again, here's why. It's not grand plans. There's no grand plans. It's just God multiplying our efforts because whenever the Spirit of God leads and, and, and His people look at who's not here yet, who could we serve, who could we take church to, God's Spirit moves exponentially. And we can't wait to see this explode. Like, what's going to happen in the next two years? We take church to people in New Jersey, to people in Australia, now to people in Africa, and we keep it simple. A cup of cold water for the least of these over a billion children who don't have it. Because their name's Liquid Church, and generosity flows freely. Grace on top. If you keep going, look at verse 46. It says, Every day they continued to meet together in, in the Hyatt Hotel. Now, in the temple courts, it says, in other words, the early church, they held worship services, okay, where there was Bible teaching, they were taught from the scriptures, where there was music, worshiping God. And these were big worship services. They weren't like ours. The temple could actually hold a few thousand people. Ours here in Morristown holds about 400. And you probably noticed, take a little look around, take a look. It's a little maxed out, a little tight. <laughs> And you can see that. Apologies again to you guys in in the overflow there. But we've expanded from two services to four. And you know what? That is awesome because meeting as a big group on Sunday is great, but it's not enough. Notice something. The early church says, they broke bread at Panera. No, 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 no. Where does it say? They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. In other words, they had life groups. They didn't just come to worship together on the weekend. They met in homes for friendship and growth. And this past year, we've expanded our life groups. God has actually doubled them from 20 to over 45. They're literally all over the New Jersey map. And with our goal of being having at least one or two in every county. And it's like, what was the result of this? That's church. What was the result of this very simple approach to church? Look at Acts 47. It says, and the Lord added to their number daily. Who? Those who were being what? Saved. People were saved. Every day. Which is, which is honestly something I'm praying for in 2009. That we would be an Acts 2 kind of church. Where we take church to the people, clear out all the religious crap, introduce them to Jesus, and see folks saved every week. I mean, can you imagine if we grew from 120 people baptized, that's how many we'll have this year, to 365 people next year. If God added to their number daily, those who were being saved, that's vision. In fact, at their first baptism service, check this out. It says, uh, those who accepted the message were baptized and about 3000 were added to their number that day. That's a lot of towels. Okay. I mean, I know we're impressed by buildings and parking lots, but this ragtag bunch, this was the first megachurch. It just spread like wildfire because people gave free reign to the spirit of Jesus and it grew exponentially. You get the sense that church like kind of went viral. It just started spreading as word got out. Acts 4, 4 says this. It says, many who heard the message believed and the number of men grew to about 5,000. I want you to imagine the first century bloggers. Did you hear about this thing? What's going on? 
No, I'm serious. No, no, it's not, it's not a church. It's not religion. It's just Jesus. These people, these Christians, they're a different breed. They, they, they live counterculture. Catch this. They share their wallets, but they don't share their bed. They are promiscuous, generosity, conservative, morally. And, and, and they serve people because, catch this, they say that's what their God's like. That he came as a servant and he gave his life for theirs. So now they serve and they give their lives for others fearlessly. And it's spreading. You got to come see this for yourself. And so in Acts 4, you, you see something building here. Something's gathering steam and it's cresting like a wave. And it's what we call momentum. And the early church became, in a word, unstoppable. Literally. It started way out at sea, just 12 people, and the wind of God blew. And it gained momentum. And all of a sudden, the early church was birthed. Like a tidal wave, the waters literally broke and it all came crashing to the shore and the religious leaders didn't know what to make of it because it was powerful, it was raw, it was untamed, and it was unstoppable. And this is where we get our theme from here, Acts 5. In fact, turn to Acts 5, would you? But at this point, the leaders of organized religion were jealous and wanted to stop them. By the way, if you're here today, you're wary of organized religion, you're in a great place because at Liquid, we are disorganized religion, okay? But, but, but literally, the, the leaders of organized religion arrested the apostles. They threw them in jail, but they get like right back out in the streets, taking church to people. They're like, you got to hear about Jesus. So the Pharisees have this meeting. This is amazing in Acts 5 about what to do. And this old Pharisee named, named Gamaliel stands up and he says this, catch this. Consider carefully what you intend to do to these men. Some time ago, a guy named Theodos appeared, claiming to be somebody. And about 400 men rallied to him. He was killed. All his followers were dispersed. And what? It all came to nothing. In other words, as the church starts spreading, this old Pharisee comes up and he says, don't get too jacked about this new church thing. We've seen stuff like this before. You guys know this. Churches come and churches go. So what? It's not hard to gather a crowd. You're in New Jersey. You know 400 men will show up for free beer. If it is man-made, it'll all come to, what's the word? Nothing. It'll go away. And you know what? He's right. He's right. See, if a church is personality driven or it's about the cool music, then you know what? That's called manufactured momentum. It's man-made and it may grow quickly, but it'll die on the vine and catch this. If our church ever becomes focused on, you know, Tim's teaching or, or David's band, we are dead in the water. Momentum comes and momentum goes. And if it's man-made, the wave, you will just lose its steam. So he says in Acts 5, look at verse 38. He says, therefore, in the present case, I advise you what? Leave these men alone. Let them go. For if their purpose or activity is of human origin, it will what? Fail. Don't worry about it. If it's all PowerPoint and business plans, it'll die on the vine. But look at verse 39. There's a big but here. We love big buts of this. Let's read it together. Verse 39. But if it is from God, let's say it together. You will not be able to stop these men. You will only find yourselves fighting against who? God. In other words, when it's man-made, it's easily thwarted. But if it's a God thing, it will be what? Unstoppable. You won't contain it. Because it's the creator powering the wave. It's not a man. It's not a band. It's not a building. But it's a mighty God. And if God is behind this thing, then you've got two choices when you face a wave like that. You ever face a tidal wave? Maybe you've been out in Maui surfing. You either get on board... Or you get out of the way. 
Because it is not man's foam just churning the water, but the Spirit of God creating something unstoppable. And if he's behind it, you can't... Friends, Jesus had a vision. He passed it on to 12 ordinary men, and they passed it on, and it grew. 3,000, 5,000, eventually it crossed oceans. It skipped over continents, families, and entire generations. They gave their lives to Christ because his church could not be stopped. And here's the thing, guys. It continues to this day. It continues. That's why you saw Marty. That's why you saw Ireland last week. And I believe as never before that God here at Liquid is doing something unstoppable and we're just along for the ride. Because it's not about a certain leader or a musical style or a marketing strategy. If it is, it would have imploded by now. That's what scripture says. Rather, it's Jesus' vision for his church. It began in the first century, 12 men, then 1,000, then three, 5,000, Jerusalem, Judea, to the ends of the earth. It continues in the 21st century, 12 in a basement, good coffee, 120 in a tavern, 1,200 in a hotel, another 50 in Australia who are meeting online. Good day. How weird is that? Again, when you face with a tidal wave, you got one of two choices. You either get out of the way or you get on for the ride. Surf's up, folks. The wave is here. Just real candidly, we believe what's happening at Liquid is a God thing. And that he is positioning us to be a church of maximum impact for generations to come in New Jersey and beyond. And the reason I can declare that to you with confidence is because I'm not the man behind it. I've just got my board up and I'm along for the ride. See, when you, when you look at these signposts and you're like, what's God up to? When I connect the dots of that, we think the answer is something big, capital B, something, something bigger than actually the 400 of us in this room right now. Something that will be unstoppable in the decade ahead. I mean, when we ask the question, where will we be in 2010? Can, can, how about 2020? Can you see that far? Can you see off the distance? I believe we have. And I want to tell you specifically where we think God is leading us together as a church. But you know what? Before, before I share that, I, I just want to pause for a moment to pray. Can we do that? Let's just bow our heads just to thank God. I mean, for all he's done, we're just going to pause in our journey. Just thank God for this moment. Father, you are... Um, you're the leader of this church, Father. You're our Savior. We just thank you, Lord, for Marty and Don. I thank you for Ireland, Lord, the Staubers. You, you're our God, and we're your people. And we just want to thank you, Father, for including us, calling us out to be an unstoppable force for good in a world that is hurting and desperate for hope. I want to thank you for 62 lives last Sunday and the countless ones we've seen change over the last seven years, Lord. We want to see relationships restored more marriages made, more people saved. And we give you all the honor and credit for what you're doing at Liquid. We just take humility right now, God. We just bend our knee before you. We know you are you're the ocean, Lord. We're but a drop in your ocean. But we look to you, Jesus, now to lead us into the next decade, into 2010 and beyond. We want to see amazing things. We trust you. We love you. And in your strength alone, Jesus, make us unstoppable. We ask all of this in the powerful name of Christ. And all God's people said together, amen. Things change. Churches change. Everything changes over time, right? People change. Churches change. In some sense, Christ is the only constant. He is the unchanging God. In fact, can we just, by the way, do that? Can we just hear it for God right now? And all that he has done for us over the last decade, it's been an amazing run.
And I mean, although, although we're modeled on a first century movement, the world is drastically different than it was 2,000 years ago, isn't it? I mean, heck, it's radically different than it was just 10 years ago. I want you to think back just for a moment, 10 years. Who had a cell phone um, 10 years ago? Raise your hand. Quick generational survey. I don't want to you know, cause the generations fighting here, but generational survey. How, raise your hand if you bought a cell phone in the last five years. Raise your hand. Yeah, okay. Now you can't imagine life without it, right? How about email? Raise your hand if email is your primary form of daily communication. Primary form? Okay, how about texting? Raise your hand if you can't imagine life without texting. Yeah, I know. All right, now raise your hand if you can't believe that right now you're interacting with a preacher who isn't even in the room at this point. Raise your hand. Go ahead. Seriously, like how weird is this, okay? Just kidding. I'm still here. I'm actually standing right over there. What's up, everybody? Good to see you. Great to be here. You're doing a great job. Okay. You want to come back up here? No, no, no. You finish. Go for it. You sure? I'm totally serious. Go for it. You finish up. I'll be out here. Okay. I'm going to finish up. Things change, don't they? People change in the way that we communicate change. And the truth is this. Over the next two years and over the next decade, Liquid Church is going to change. Because if our church is to be an unstoppable force for good and reach our full redemptive potential of who Christ has called us to uniquely be in this time in the 21st century, change is critical. In fact, if our vision is uh, truly a God thing, like taking church to the people to bring them back to Christ, if it isn't just man-made, but it's truly a God thing, we have to be willing to say, you know what? Surf's up. (laughs) Get on the wave or get out of the way. Because there are thousands of lost people out there who aren't here yet. If this ever becomes about a specific location or a space or seats or buildings, well, then maybe we'll miss out on who God has called us to be. So let's get very specific here. Unstoppable 2010 is our vision for taking church to people across New Jersey and around the world by becoming one church with four new campuses across the state by 2010. We believe God is leading us to become what's known as a multi-site church. One church with multiple campuses all across the state. See, because as we've grown, we've kind of made a, made a discovery. Guess, does everyone want to take a guess how far the average drive is to liquid? How, the average person who comes to liquid, how many minutes do you think they drive? Want to take a guess? Right, yeah, okay, good. Thank you. Very, see, it's weird, right? He's calling out. How strange is that? Uh, the average attendee who comes to liquid drives... 35 minutes, okay? Take a look at this map. I don't know if you can see this. Dave Brooks, our executive pastor, made this thing. And when he first showed it to me, I was like, oh, look, the former Soviet uh, Republic. Look, there's Kazakhstan. No, that's Bridgewater. This is where we are right now, okay, in Morristown. But these little blue dots represent everybody who travels to Liquid. And you see pockets kind of all over the place. And what we discovered is as we move to Morristown, we're no longer a local church. God has grown us into a regional church. And so we are literally going to take church to the people all across New Jersey over the next two years. And by 2010, we plan to have four liquid campuses, one in the north, one in the south, one east, and one west. And our next stop is, drum roll please, New Brunswick. New Brunswick, New Jersey. And that is perhaps the worst kept secret in the history of liquid. Uh, It's true, many of you who serve and and lead here, you kind of already know a little bit about our plans to launch a new campus in New Brunswick this coming January because we've asked you about it. And and, and the cool thing is this. We just kind of get feedback like, what would that mean for us? What we found is there are almost 200 people in our church who currently drive over 35 minutes from central Jersey each Sunday here to Morristown. 
And our motivation is simply evangelistic. We want to launch a new campus closer to where your friends and neighbors work and live. Why? Mainly so you can invite them to our church. Because you know what? There are other Marty's. There are other Ireland's out there. New Brunswick is interesting because it's a strategic city in New Jersey, very similar to Morristown, kind of has an urban vibe, you know, uh, kind of a, a downtown culture, very easy access to the surrounding suburbs. And home, of course, to who? Scarlet Knights, go Rutgers. All right, here's the exciting news. On January 11th, 2009, we will be launching morning services at the Hyatt New Brunswick smack dab in the center of George Street. And, and some of you are like, well, wait, wait, I don't, I don't, I don't get this. How, how? How the heck are you going to do that? I mean, Tim, you can't be in two places at once, can you? I mean, you can't have... You're doing a great job, man. Is he doing a great job? Seriously. It's phenomenal. That's a little bit weird. Keep going for it. Vision. Vision. All right, vision. I'll wait. I don't know. It's kind of weird, kid, isn't it? I know. Again, how, how weird is this? <laughs> Seriously, this is, this is where it gets exciting. Because the weekend services in New Brunswick will be exactly the same as the one here in Morristown. It will feature the same live music, the same live music from a live worship band, and all of the live creative elements that Liquid is known for. But here's the deal. The message, the teaching, will be broadcast on a full-on HD cinema screen like the one you're watching right now. And here's the deal. I understand for some people, they're like, I don't even get it. If you're watching online right now, this is even weirder. Because you don't even know the difference. Right now, if you're watching or listening online, everyone in this room is watching a life-size movie screen the size of our stage. My hair is not usually this big. It's just kind of scaled up. It's just an optical illusion. (laughs) This this obviously kind of brings um, new meaning to the word video. Because this will not be a week delay or like some subpar experience where like, roll out a TV. In fact, we are so confident of the quality of the HD broadcast that we expect to use this cinema screen technology for services even here in Morristown. Yeah, you heard correctly. We are going to use video at some services in Morristown too. I know, change is hard. You hear it? All the mumbly grumblies? But here's why. It's essential. Because if we're going to pursue God's vision of taking church to the people all across New Jersey, we got to do anything short of sin to reach that and fulfill that vision. I shared with you earlier um, about Marty in Ireland, and, and, I, and I, got, I got choked up because their stories get me. But here's the deal. I don't... This right now will be one of four times today where I'm probably going to cry and get wrung out like a sponge. And it's okay, because I love sharing my heart with you. I will never stop doing that. But here's the deal. I can't be the bottleneck. We can't just depend on me. We can't just, well, church happens whenever Tim is live. Personally speaking, I can't keep doing it four times or five or seven or 20 or however many services, because I will shatter, all right? Just be totally honest with you, candid moment. I'm never going to stop sharing my heart with you. But we are also never going to stop reaching people either and taking church to them. Because remember, it's always been about those who aren't here yet. Never forget, once upon a time, you weren't here yet. And so by broadcasting this message like this, this this, this is it, by the way. It's not bad, right? Shake your heads. No, 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 okay. Broadcasting the message will enable us to plant multiple sites all across the state of New Jersey. North, south, 
east and west. And by 2010, we will become one church with four campuses. The next one will actually launch at the Hyatt New Brunswick in January. And I understand, folks, I get it. Change is hard. Faces will change. In fact, one of the most familiar faces, Mike Leahy, will be leading that team that's actually going to New Brunswick. Pastor Mike will be serving as the campus pastor there for one reason. Because at this time next year, by God's grace, there are going to be 110 other people who will be baptized in New Brunswick. 110 lives, 110 stories. People will have come to faith, had lives healed, had relationships restored by Jesus, all because we took church to the people of New Brunswick. Now, anyone is welcome to join the core team launching the New Brunswick campus. And if you're interested, talk to Pastor Mike after the service. In fact, he's standing right there in the back. Can everyone turn around? Say hi to Pastor Mike. Go, Mike. What up, Mikey? Woo! Can you wave everyone, Mikey? All right. Now, as for our campus here in Morristown, Pastor Tom will be serving as our campus pastor here. Now, here's the deal. I'm not going away. This is actually the campus that Colleen and I and our kids, this is the one we go to. We go to church here too. Do you know that? And I'll be here, sometimes in person, sometimes via broadcast. But in terms of live worship, Sunday services, kids, teams, groups, everything else remains the same. In fact, we're hoping, actually, there is going to be a little bit different. There's going to be more of this. More seats available at primetime seating times. Pastor Mike actually is hoping that about 200 people leave with him to launch the New Brunswick campus. Maybe you're a pioneer. Go. <laughs> and if that happens, guess what? There are going to be more open seats available here at Prime Seating Hours on Sunday morning for you to bring unchurched friends and neighbors. Win, win. Seriously, folks, this is something that was unthinkable just five years ago. But technology has changed. We, we literally think that we're kind of like on this brink of like this kind of major breakthrough in the way we even think and do church because my little kids are just on a whole nother plane, man. The next generation, the next generation. And if our vision is to take church to the people, to the ends of the earth... And that vision is truly a God thing, and it's not man-made. It means we'll do anything short of sin to reach new people for Christ because it's always about the reach. It's never about the keep. And mark it, it will be unstoppable. And what crested here at 1200 in Morristown will spread down to New Brunswick and then maybe east to Montclair and then to a next site and the next one and beyond. I want to show you something cool. Check this out. Because we do have a BHAG. A big, hairy, audacious goal. This year, as we have prayed through our vision as a church, and as we've kind of we've consulted with a lot of other leaders, we have flown around the country actually to learn from other multi-site churches who are doing this, saying, what can we learn for you? What have you learned in this journey? We also began asking a very dangerous question that is made up of two words. What if? What if? That is dangerous words. And we started asking, what if? What if God empowered us by his spirit to launch a liquid campus within 15 minutes drive time of everybody in northern New Jersey? I know, I know. It's a, we said, what if we shot for the moon, okay? And we prayed, God, would you stir up this wave? We're here for the ride, but by your power, would you generate enough momentum in our church and our people to reach? Now, now here, comes, here comes my Austin Powers moment, ready? To reach 
What would that be like? Just 1% of unchurched people in northern New Jersey. Just think the old 201 area code, okay? Nuts in the 609. They're Phillies fans. They're going to hell anyway. They're just lost. But 201, if we just reach northern New Jersey. I know, I know. 1%? It's, yeah, we dream too big for some of you. I get it. Do you know how many people that would be if God empowered our church to reach just 1% in northern New Jersey? That would be 70 thousand men women and children that's a lot of towels it's <laughs> a lot of towels it's a lot of lives see folks there's an upside to living in the most densely populated state in the history of our country <laughs> traffic's a bummer <laughs> but if you're up for surfing with pagans good times ahead <laughs> Here's what this looks like on, on, on Google Maps. This is kind of interesting. I love this thing. I don't know about you, but I'm like kind of addicted to, uh, to Google Maps. Anything Google, these guys do it right. But take a look at this. This is us. And I, I just want to show you right now, that's our world. And kind of as we like, if we look at this thing, I'm going to push play on this. Go play technology. Our world, as it dials around, guess what? That's us. That's you right here. That's our building, our Morristown campus right here on Speedwell Avenue. But on January 11th, 2009, we're going to take 287, and we're going to go about 36 miles south, about 40 minutes, down to New Brunswick. You can see it right next to the Raritan River. That's where our new campus is going to be. And when we are meeting on January 11th, all the way on the other side of the world, 18,000 miles away, guess what's happening? 50 people are meeting in a warehouse in Melbourne. <laughs> that boggles my mind on the other side of the world. They're meeting. They got a warehouse. We don't even have a building. But you know what? We're going to keep going because it's not about buildings. It's about reaching people. And so we're going to skip over East Essex County, maybe Montclair. Don't lock these in. Go to, you said Montclair. Maybe Montclair. That seems like an obvious place. And in fact, let's get even closer to the city. Let's go to Hoboken. You can see the Hudson River there. Again, I don't know if we're going to go into New York exactly because again, they're all Christian in New York. They don't really need God. So we may go south. <laughs> We may just keep going. It's interesting. We have a great relationship with the Hyatt, and Princeton actually has an open Hyatt available down there. And again, 609 area code. But what if we actually kept going south, you know, travel down the, uh, the parkway, exit 82A. Anyone from Tom's River? And I would just like to right now put in my personal vote, because when Jesus makes this happen, I volunteer to be the campus pastor of our Long Beach Island campus. I just want to have that. I just want to say that right now. I'm kind of throwing my hat in the ring for that. But maybe, back on, the next campus will be 10 minutes from you. What if? You guys know this. Because some of you invite your friends all the time. But they live like a half hour away. And the reality is it's hard to be consistently involved when you have to drive an hour every Sunday just to worship. But what if? What if God enabled us to launch a liquid campus within 15 minutes drive time of everybody in northern New Jersey? I know. Impossible, you say. And you know what? You're right. If God doesn't show up, it will be impossible. But if he does, it will be unstoppable. Deep breath. Let's just, let's just take a deep breath, right? Because <laughs> honest moment here, um, th this stuff makes me nervous. <laughs> I don't actually love like long-range planning for a lot of reason. I'm always kind of wary of like, you know, world domination kind of plans. And you guys understand it's not about this. But I am like kind of a, just a, like a naturally a, you know, just one day at a time. Let's take this thing slow and steady, wins the race kind of guy. 
But here's the deal, guys. I don't want to miss out on an ounce of what God is going to do. And as we have prayed about this and labored over it, and we've, we've played out all the implications of how this is going to change us, I've actually had to lean into God pretty heavily on this because I felt the weight of it until I absorbed those words in Acts 5. If their purpose or activity is of human origin, it will what? Fail. But if it is from God, what? Let's read it together. You will not be able to stop them. Because it's a God thing. You'll only find yourselves fighting against God himself. In other words, guys, if it's a God thing, it has nothing to do with us. Pressure's off. That's why it's unstoppable. It's not up to us. It's not about me. It's not about a band. It's not about you. It's about what God wants to do and who he wants to reach. I mean, you, you know that right now, God already has people. He has a whole phone book of other names and faces, other Martys, other Irelands, other Johns, other Cathys and Laurens and Javiers and Jennifers, Anthonys, especially Anthonys in New Jersey, all across the state. We gave his, his only son for. And he's already planning to change their lives if we step out. If we put our boards up and say, you know what, we're in. We're in. We're going to take church to the people. We're going to die trying. Because God brought church to me. He sent Jesus for me. And it'll be our highest honor to follow him and give our lives to his vision. And understand something. We're going to make all sorts of mistakes along the way. That's why we're literally starting very simple in January with, with campus number two. New Brunswick. And we're going to make mistakes and we're going to learn all sorts of stuff. But you know what? That's okay. It's part of the process because you know what? Waves are messy. <laughs> if you're looking for a day at the beach, you've got the wrong church. <laughs> but if you like surfing, well, <laughs> boards up. Long term, it's not about New Brunswick. That just happens to be the next stop. But by 2010, this is, this is amazing. This is how I wrote it in my journal. I said, in spite of us, <laughs> in spite of us, <laughs> And by God's grace, Liquid will be one church with four campuses by 2010. North, south, east, and west. And that's the beginning. Chapter 2. Because as they learned in Acts 5, if it's just a good idea some guys read about or came up with or invented, it'll fall on its face and fail. But if it's a God thing, it will be, what's the word? Unstoppable. There's a lot more that I, um, that I have to share with you. But you've got to come back um, next week, okay? Sound good? You come back next week? I promise the other Tim will be here live, okay? Won't, won't you, buddy? You'll be here, right? Yeah, you can't get yeah. rid of me. I'm, I'll be back. I'll okay, be back tomorrow. You. Yeah, next right. week. Cool. You finish you up. Never yeah. forget this. 62 lives changed one weekend in October 2008. How will we look back on this day two years from now, in 2010, what will we see? They say hindsight is 2020. I'm not much for looking back with regret because vision is all about looking forward into the future, into a kingdom come, into, into Christ's will be done on this earth, in this place, in this generation, as it is in 
heaven. Amen? Amen? Yeah. All right. Let's stand together. Would you stand with me? I just want to pray, just kind of inviting God just to bless this holy moment. Let's pray together, okay? Stand with me. Father, we just thank you. Jesus, it is about you, God. You first. Thank you for coming for us. Father, thank you for your incarnation, Lord, and leaving the comfort of heaven to come into this dirty world to reach me, Jesus. You changed my life. Thank you. Thank you for Marty. Lord, thank you for Ireland. Thank you for the... the um, it, we just thank you. We love you, Jesus. We trust you. And now we follow your lead. Lead us boldly, God. Give us courage. Saddle up, Lord, in our hearts as we reach this state for your son, Jesus Christ. Lord, you are God of this city. God of the cities where you are taking liquid church. God of this nation. God of the continents. God of this world, Father. May your kingdom come. May your will be done on this earth as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name, all God's people said,